the free for all roundtable round two on round two mississauga city councilor dipika demerla is here bob reed principal at broadwaystrategy.com the guy who does touchdowns and fumbles with jerry on friday and somebody i met in person for the first time yesterday lindsey broadhead is here strategic communications and public affairs advisor i'll tell you lindsey remote broadcasting has done a number on us and also um you know the pandemic because it was really bizarre to finally meet you in person it was so bizarre just to see you across the room i'm like i think i know that guy um and then to to have the chance to go up and actually shake your hand and look in the eye was it was lovely well it was nice to see you and now i have uh, an impression you know firsthand of what you actually look like when we're talking remotely like this okay so let's start digging into it uh anthony fury joined us just after the news at eight o'clock and said he's running to be mayor, and he not only resents, but he will end the practice of providing crack pipes to uh, drug users, and eventually, as mayor, he would end the harm reduction program, even needle exchange programs. Um, Then he was followed by the chairman of the health board, who said that he spent 20 years fighting addictions, and he thinks we are on the right strategy as it is. Bob Reed, I still think this could come into play during the election and play very favorably for uh, Uh, Anthony Fury. I don't disagree, John. Uh, Anthony Fury understands media. He has, you know, spent his his career in it, and and he understands that hot button issues get attention. They get people to pay attention, which, when you're running in a crowded field for public office, is job one. You got to get people to give you their attention so that you can then try and connect with them further and more broadly. And and I think I think we're seeing that happening. If you if you look at the polling, Anthony Fury has gone from nowhere to now being uh, considered top tier by some in terms of the amount of attention he's getting, and and that's that's the name of the game here. So, uh, is this a dominant issue that people across Toronto are preoccupied with? No, I don't think so at all. But I think he's done a very effective job in hitching on to something that gets attention, that gets to reaction, and prompts people to go, "Hey, I like the cut of this guy's jib on that." Yeah, I feel the same way. What else is he all about? Maybe I'll look at his website. Maybe I'll think about voting for him. So I think it's been a highly successful communication strategy. Lindsey Broadhead, law and order always does play well, even if sometimes, for example, you know, talking about the crack pipes, I know it flies up people's noses. Maybe that's the wrong expression to use. But at the same time, if it works, if it's the best practice, then I, you know, I'll certainly be on board for it. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. It's it's very easy to say uh, and dismiss this idea of uh, the city supporting uh, the, the distribution of crack pipes. But let's start at the beginning, right? People don't start taking crack without reason. This isn't a party drug or recreational drug in that regard. It's covering and masking huge degrees of pain, right? Physical pain, mental pain. It's about all of the issues we talk about on your show all the time. It's about um, precarious living, precarious homes, uh, uh, mental health, and obviously addiction issues. So when people use the word harm reduction or the phrase harm reduction, that's what we're talking about. It's to keep people alive so that we can, we, the, the medical community, can deal with the underpinning pain and issues 
and then remove uh, the addiction. It's very logical when it's spelled out, but it's a, you know, political short forms uh, that are being used aren't really useful in in many cases. So I hope, if anything, um, all of the mayoral candidates talk about this issue in a uh, healthy, positive, but accurate way, because right now I'm not seeing it. Police are endeavoring to track down uh, the young people, but it seems there was one offender in uh, principle, the young people aboard a TTC bus uh, who set off effectively a Roman candle. Okay, Dipika, I'll come to you on this one. I appreciate it was a TTC bus, but I'm sure there's all kinds of things happening on public transit in Mississauga as well. Uh, Some Mm. people are writing this off as if it's sort of childhood mischief. I don't think setting off a firework in an enclosed space on public transit is mischief. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. And I I watched the video, and of course, the first thing that you notice is it's a very young person, and you you want to cut them some slack. But I did think about two things. One is, I really hope that there are some appropriate consequences. And there's two reasons for that. One is I want to make sure that there aren't any copycat incidents because typically something goes on social media and some kid somewhere thinks, oh, this is great and wants to try and do it again. So I really hope that there's consequences so it dissuades people. And the person is young but old enough to know better. I mean, this could have gone so badly for the passengers but also for the person who lit that. I mean, it blew up in his hand, and I'm just surprised that uh, there were no injuries. So uh, I would agree with you that uh, some serious consequences are required. Yeah, Lindsay, it plays like an episode of uh, the movie and TV franchise Jackass, and I guess it's fueled very much by the ability to capture this sort of an activity and then share it on social media. You know, I just hope it doesn't become one of those latest young people challenges. You know, they could call it the bus bomb challenge. Yes, I agree. I hadn't thought about that. But yes, um, 100 percent. The things are on edge still on the TTC. Um, Loud noises, loud people, all those things. So um, when you throw fireworks uh, into the mix, it creates a lot of fear. Um, So, yeah, I appreciate that teenagers will be teenagers, but it's just the wrong time, guys. Keep your fireworks at home. Um, You know, save it for outside. It's it's just not the right time to be doing this. Bob Reed, I don't think anybody's pro-fireworks inside a bus, but I guess you have to decide what level of punishment applies. Yeah, you can mark me down as opposed to that as well. Yeah. Um, I, I, it makes me wonder if, uh, if, if maybe we need a new, uh, a new charge, a new criminal code charge uh, on this, because you know mischief, yeah, sure, that 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 covers a broad base of things, and I think also trivializes something like this. And I think you hit it on the head, John, when you said, you know, if if if. The, it gets captured on video and then becomes a you know a viral phenomenon. Kids love that, and I, I think there's been a, a significant increase in incidents involving fireworks. Every firework long weekend occasion, we see the videos of people pointing them at each other, firing them at each other. I mean, these are these are potentially weapons. They're they're burning incendiary. Uh, implements that people are are weaponizing and so it, it because this is not an isolated thing i'm not saying it's you know it's happening everywhere all the time but 
I never heard of this kind of thing before. I've seen a lot of it thanks to social media. It makes me wonder if maybe a specific charge about attacking people or endangering people with a firework or whatever the right terminology would be legally, maybe that's something worth considering. Let's move on to Ottawa, which has decided, the federal government has decided they're going to get rid of half of their office towers. Lindsay Broadhead, this is just more confirmation that hybrid work is here to stay. And, um, you know, the only problem is, I guess, they're going to flood the market and we're not going to get much money for them. Uh, yeah, hybrid work, it, it looks like it is here to stay, and especially in the uh, downtown core areas. Um, government was going to be a, a leader or laggard on this, um, and it seems like they're they're doubling down and allowing uh, people to to continue to work remotely. Um, so we're going to have to, the main task at hand is how do we populate these areas? So how do we get businesses or um, uh, can we convert them to, to residents um, and to housing that we need? So that change is going to have to happen really, really quickly. Um, and I could be task number, maybe not one, but top five of a, a new city council here and perhaps in Ottawa as well. Okay, well, Deepika, you are in government. Is is there any obligation for the uh, city of Ottawa and the government in Ottawa to not undermine the city's core by, you know, giving in and having hybrid work and then selling off the towers, which are probably going to sit empty anyway? That's a really interesting question. Uh, I guess I have to come at it from the point of view of pragmatism, right? So I know that the federal government sort of tried to mandate people back to work. That didn't work. That didn't go over so well. And I know that their union negotiations included, you know, talking about this in later stages. So you can't force people en masse. So hybrids here to stay. The question is, this is clearly hollowing out downtowns uh, and certainly Mississauga will have to look at it as well. I think there's an opportunity here which is and it's a it's a it's a difficult opportunity because it's very very expensive to retrofit these buildings to be anything other than what they were built for uh, including the fact that you know if you try to convert an office tower into a condo one issue really I mean there's many issues bathrooms because there's no plumbing um, you can't provide with the current floor plan everyone a window or a balcony so all of those issues are really difficult but if you could get around them as a city council I can tell you that's great if I could convert them into condos and get the intensification I need through that not only do I populate the downtown I don't have to worry about the headache of nimbyism because the biggest challenge we all have is trying to intensify in areas which are residential. And of course, the existing population isn't always welcoming. Here in the downtown, you wouldn't have that. So that would be a win-win. The question is, how do you get there? And then your other point, which is, if they're going to sell 50% at one go, that's not the best use of recovering taxpayer dollars. I mean, this is... Uh, great real estate so it's a head scratcher to me and i was just thinking you know i you know we're right away thinking about converting this into social housing and more residential areas but i think there's an opportunity also to create maybe more green space uh, in place of some of these buildings but main thing is and i agree with lindsay how do we bring people back to the downtowns if they're not coming in here to work 
how do we get them back here? Otherwise, it's a recipe for disaster. I want to touch on one other issue, and I'll turn to the branding marketing guy, uh, Bob Reed, for this. Your thoughts, and you'll probably be the only person who gets to weigh in. It looks like the feds are going to change the laws around, and tobacco companies will now actually have to print a health warning on each cigarette. I think it's way over the top, and and I'm someone who uh, wants to see everything that can be done done to discourage people from smoking or or encourage them to quit the habit. Uh, I think the the warnings on on the packages were a fine idea. Uh, I think this just gets into a realm of, okay, enough is enough in terms of uh, the the hoops that, whether you like them or not, the legal producers of tobacco, which is a legal product, uh, th- it's it's just another burden on them from a, a regulatory standpoint. Uh, I, I think you hit a point of diminishing returns eventually, and I think this is that step. Folks, thank you all very much. Great wide-ranging discussion this morning. Bob Reed, Lindsay Broadhead, and Deepika Damerla. Catch the roundtable, round one at 7.45, round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.